Hi, and welcome back to Brentwood Stories. You know what? I'm going to let someone else take over for a bit. DJ, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Peter. Hi, I'm DJ. DJ, do you, do you prefer DJ? Do you prefer Daniel? I prefer DJ. Excellent, excellent. And Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Peter? Oh, doing swell. Let's talk for a second, folks. Uh, I'm going to be stepping away from the uh, Brentwood Stories podcast for the time being, and I'm going to let my fine colleagues here uh, take over the show for me. I do hope you in you enjoy listening to their stories as much as you did mine, um, and I wish them the best moving forward. Uh, so for my um, for my colleagues taking over, uh, did you have any questions for me or anything I can... Yeah, so let's get started with um, some of the questions we prepared. So, Peter, how did the Brentwood Stories podcast originate? Well, we started the Brentwood Stories podcast... Um, Way, way back before the pandemic, I think it was, um, my goodness, I need to check the year on the exact one. It was either 2018 or 2019 that we started the podcast. Um, originally as kind of a spinoff of the Brentwood Historical Society, they were nice enough to give us a very generous donation in order to help us found a podcast and help forward the story of Brentwood history and... It was really a great contribution to the library, and after that, we really just took it on our own. We found some interesting pieces of Brentwood history along the way, and with the help of my colleague, Peter Ward, we really uh, hit the ground running with our podcast with some excellent programs, such as um, Entenmann's Baking Podcast, the uh, Voting Rights Seminar with Zebulon, um, some of Peter's own local history programs, which are always very interesting. And after that point, we really just... We, we, we took on whatever we could from Brentwood. We, we've interviewed some um, some folks that lived in the area, some folks that used to work over at the Brentwood Library. And um, that's pretty much uh, where we are at right now. Okay. Um, so why were you specifically chosen as host, and what is some of like your history personally here at the Brentwood Library? Well, I started here maybe about... Oh my goodness, we're going around um, six or seven years at this point. I mean, this is more just about my history here at the library than this is about the podcast. But I started here in Clark back in the day, uh, worked a little while front desk at Circulation, moved over to the uh, technical services department after that, that kind of behind the scenes area where we add the labels and barcodes to the book and enter them into the, uh, to the databases. After that, I moved over to uh, the reference department, uh, started to pursue my master's in library science. And during my time with the reference area, they just asked for me to jump onto the podcast as someone with um, a manageable level of technical ability that could handle the equipment and also just uh, provide another voice to the podcast, um, helping out Peter, our, our local our local Brentwood historian, and eventually just um, branching off and taking over a lot of the podcast. Uh, I don't want to say taking over because it was, it's just like that, that me and Peter were just like, we had like a lot to do and we just ended up, um, I ended up working on the podcast more and he had his own little projects to do on the side, but we still collaborated moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, ultimately it ended up me taking care of the majority of uh, the podcast interviews for the, for the most recent episodes. I've also had some opportunities to work with uh, Celia Vomer, who will help you out with some other interviews over here, some of the uh, 
Page and former employee interviews at the library. So I've had an opportunity to you know, work with some, collaborate with some other librarians on the po on the podcast, uh, and you know had a nice little privilege of being able to to make it my own for a bit. All right, and um, so now that you're going to be stepping away from the podcast, where are your new focus is going to lie. Oh boy, uh, well they have a lot of exciting things coming to the uh, Brentwood Library at the moment. Uh, in particular, we're going to be founding our brand new, well, uh, we actually are in the process of um, getting our new makerspace uh, up and running. And that's going to be a facility where uh, library patrons can come in and work on their own crafts, whether it be sewing, 3D modeling and printing, any other uh, 3D design on the computer, if we can help out with that, and really any sort of creative craft that you might have that we can assist with, we're going to be opening up a makerspace for you to come in and work on that and hopefully bring some great new programming based around that space to you as well. Uh, at the same time, we were also working on our brand new library of things, which is a very interesting uh, program where we uh, lend out less traditional items. Um, aside from the books and media that you might expect from the library, we we're also um, expanding our collection to bring you a whole new slew of useful items such as uh, outdoor games, household tools, fishing poles, um, video games, all coming to the uh, library of things. And it's uh, looking to be very exciting. We're also adding on some new items for the fall as well with uh, the help of my fine colleague, Daniel, yep. Uh, DJ. Yep, right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, you can even go onto our web website right now and see some of our latest offerings for the Library of Things, and we hope you check it out and enjoy. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about Makerspace and Library of Things uh, now that we're on the subject. Um, so I guess me and you can go back and forth and say, um, what are you most looking forward to in our makerspace and in our library of things collection? What am I most looking forward to in the makerspace? Uh, the 3D printing that we're already having in there is very exciting. Um, I, you know, getting to know the current 3D printers that we have in there, the, uh, the, the Prusser and the Ender 3, I actually spent quite a lot of time getting to know those machines as I built them myself once they came in. Um, I, one of them came a little bit more ready-made, but the Prusa came in a little kit that took me quite a few days to assemble. So I spent a good time getting to know that one. So uh, 3D printing quickly became a little bit of a passion for me. Uh, so I am looking forward to some of the newer 3D printers that we're having com coming into the facility. We're going to be having some very nice resin printers coming in which do some really great high quality work. Um, the scale is a little bit lower than, um, our, than our regular 3D printers, um, but the kind of details on the figures you can get are really staggering. And I think it'll be exciting for our gaming groups when we can print them little minifigs and just for a whole slew of other projects where we can just um, take advantage of that you know, exciting new technology. Hopefully we can get in some other cool high tech gadgets in pretty soon. Um, there has been rumors floating about of uh, laser engravers making their way into the Brentwood Public Library, and I'm excited to hear of that rumor, and hopefully I can help that on its way as soon as possible to maybe make that a reality. So you mentioned the 3D printers, so how exactly do patrons get access to those? 3D printing, you can um, submit a 3D printing request to the Brentwood Public Library website. Under our main page, I believe it's under how do I, but yes, you can go ahead and submit a 3D printing file over to the Brentwood Public Library website. And uh, we just ask that you uh, review the 
some of the guidelines for submitting a 3D printing model. Uh, we do have a preferred file format. Um, if you have any questions of that, you're more than welcome to go ahead and ask uh, myself or any of my um, librarians uh, for any assistance with that. Um, they might forward the question over to me, perhaps, um, if it's a little bit on the technical side. But um, usually we would just have you either create your own 3D model using some of the uh, modeling software that we direct you to over the website. Um, for example, there is uh, the... Uh, Tinkercad online 3D modeling program that you can use in order to make your own 3D models. We've had um, a technology instructor, Jonathan Green, come and teach a few courses around Tinkercad and show some really cool tricks. I believe um, our last project we had, um, John told, showed everyone how to make uh, those little IQ tests out of, a, out of a 3D model that if you might recall when you were, maybe when you were younger and you went on road trips, you'd go over to a a roadside cafe and they might have these little IQ tests that were a board with pegs in it and you would take the pegs and you would try to um, basically clear the pegs by jumping them and the less pegs you had remaining at the end that would you know basically give you your IQ score and we made um, nice little 3D models of those using Tinkercad and uh, we're also having an upcoming project where uh, we'll be making birdhouses out of with using Tinkercad and printing those out using our 3D printers. Looking very good. I feel like I trailed off from the question a little bit there. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so cutting back to uh, about the makerspace, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, possibly the laser engraver that we've spoken about oh, and yeah. have been looking into. Um, I believe that will be a very fun tool for patrons. Um, and yeah, our 3D printing. Uh, I'm very excited about the resin printing because this is going to bring a higher quality to some of the prints that we've been doing. Um, so to continue forward, uh, what about one object in the library of things that you're most excited for? The fishing poles I'm excited for just because we put a lot of work into them, researching different areas to fish, different kinds of fish that you could do across Long Island. Um, and that was fun. It was very much um, an educational journey for me. I did a little bit of uh, fishing when I was a kid. I, I think a lot of us have this story where maybe like their parents or their grandparents took them out fishing. And, you know, they, they took care of everything. They would just hand you the pole, you know, have you cast it off the side of the boat, take care of the fish for you. And we kind of want to, you know, maybe bring a little bit of that experience to our library patrons as well, where we can go ahead and we can give you the tools to do a little fishing somewhere nearby and really enjoy a, a great outdoor activity. Uh, yes, I'd also <laughs> like to remind people that you do need a license to fish. <laughs> Yes, uh, that will be important. We'll go ahead and we'll uh, give you all the information about where you can pick up that license. Uh, the fee for one, as I was looking up, isn't really too unreasonable. I believe you can pick up a fishing license for a year for about uh, $25 from, from what I saw. Um, so it actually depends. Um, so the freshwater oh. license is $25. No, you're correct. But the saltwater license is free. You just have to register. <laughs> well, ho, okay. I didn't get to that part of my research yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will include these in a blog post uh, to follow the uh, release of the fishing rods. You know, another item that I am excited to see join the library of things and something we'll also be adding to the makerspace as well are our sewing machines, which is uh, another area that I haven't had a lot of experience in the past, but um, as a new new and recently new, I guess is what they would call recently new homeowner, um, I have taken a little bit of uh, interest in some of these more uh, 
practical crafts that'll help you out around the house as well. So I am excited to, you know, I've done a little bit of research with the uh, sewing machines already, you know, purchasing them, seeing what equipment you might need. And I'm excited to just see them be employed, maybe learn a couple of tricks regarding them and, you know, maybe help myself out around the house in that regard. So what are you interested in sewing, Peter? Um, probably a lot of um, the clothes that I refuse to get rid of because I just love them so much. So um, that came up a lot when I was moving recently where you have to do the, the piles of clothing. What are you going to keep? What do you want to throw out and never see again? I'm, I hope I'm not the only one that just has like a few clothes that maybe they just have like, you know, a tattered seam there or just a hole there that maybe you just don't want to get rid of for one reason or another because, you know, darn it, it's still good. Clothes are expensive. Oh, yeah, it's coming up. And, you know, I always, I think I have a few coats with some buttons that I might want to mend as well. I don't think I necessarily need a machine for that, but I could use a few lessons. Perhaps we can add sewing kits themselves. Ooh, yeah, that would be exciting. Um, and for any other suggestions that anyone listening may have, we do have a suggestion box in our lobby, and we would be glad to get any suggestions you have for the Library of Things or the Makerspace. Um, so I guess now we can move on. Uh, let's move back to the podcasting side of things. Okay. All right. So what would you say is one of your favorite episodes or memories from hosting Brentwood Stories? I think one episode that usually comes up a lot when I, I think one of the most typical answers I have for that question is, uh, the Intamins podcast. I always seem to bring that up whenever I'm recalling my memories of the Brentwood Stories podcast. It's just, just so interesting to hear about, the folks that worked over at the factory, the workings on the inside, learning about how it wasn't quite like the Willy Wonka factory, but it wasn't unlike it as well. Um, I remember growing up and having some great memories of the uh, Entenmann's Bakery. I remember every Sunday after coming back from church, you would usually uh, smell the cookies in the air, even if you're miles and miles away from the factory. So it was really just fascinating hearing about the folks that worked over there and more than just that little inside receiving area that we would always go to because I always felt so deprived just always only being able to go into that one little area and just knowing that there was this whole massive factory behind it and just like learning about the people that worked in there was just really such an incredible experience. I think a lot of people that live in this area can kind of relate to that. Um, so I, growing up, always went to the Entenmann's Bakery outlet. Like, oh. it would be like a family trip. Me and my mom and my grandma, we would all go, and they would just buy stacks and stacks and stacks of cakes and cupcakes and cookies. Um, and then when they closed the factory and they moved the outlet, then we went to Comac to go to the outlet. Oh. So nice. it's kind of like, I would assume people in this area do the same thing. I'm not that far away. And my grandparents grew up, they lived in Brentwood still, and my grandpa worked at the Entenmann's Bakery. Oh. So, like, they always go. They never leave the Entenmann's Bakery. <laughs> so there is, a, there is a Comac outlet now. It recently closed, actually. So that was, like, the end of the part of my childhood, actually. I do remember the Comac outlet. Is that over by where the Costco is now? Yes, it's right by where the Costco was. Uh -huh. And it was the same thing. You could just buy cakes and cakes and cakes for a discount, and it was, like, my favorite part of my childhood to go. <laughs> now, one of my... One of my uh, most salient memories from going to visit the Entenmann's Bakery outlet when I was a kid was you'd go up to the cashiers with your big stack of like bakery boxes and everything, and they would take it to like this machine that looked like, like basically like an airplane propeller turbine, 
and they would like put it inside the middle of this barrel and this like this arm would like wrap around and put a bunch of twine around it for you. Did you did you have that when you were No, I just I remember they had like yellow lines on the boxes and that meant that they were supposed to be at the outlet. Yes. And we would leave like three, four bags. Like we would go before like Christmas or we had like a big barbecue 4th of July where we needed 30 Entenmann's cakes for all the people that were coming over. That's funny. Oh man, yeah, I remember the, the line code. They had, they had the yellow lines, I think there were red lines and maybe black lines as mm-hmm. well. All right, so your favorite yeah. is Entenmann. What would you say is your second favorite memory? Well, you know, uh, I don't want to really like, it. It's wrong to call the second favorite because it, I think I enjoy it just as much. Um, one of my interviews, um, when me and me and my colleague Peter interviewed a local horror writer, Robert Otone, um, who's written such books as uh, Her Infernal Name, uh, and we had an opportunity to just interview him for our for what I had called at the time the Brentwood Bio series, where I would go ahead and uh, we would interview uh, particularly. Um, prominent figures throughout the Brentwood community or just uh, well-known members of the Brentwood Library and our fan and our extended family relating to that. And we basically uh, interviewed Robert, um, his background here on the island, um, his history as a local broadcaster for the high school, um, learned some really interesting facts about his family who was also deeply involved in broadcasting. It was a little bit of an O-tone tradition to uh, run the local radio station over there. Um, and as much as it was interesting to learn about his horror writing, it was also just really great to learn about Robert as a person and just how we had so many like just common points of interest and, um, you know, similar senses, senses of humor. So it was really just one of the more, you know, fun conversations I think me and Peter had. And, you know, it didn't always stay on topic for the, at the entire time, but, um, I, I think that really added to the process where we just, you know, really got engaged in all these great little conversations with Robert and the back and forth. And I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, Robert will be joining us again for other programs moving forward. In fact, he has already uh, rejoined us for some of uh, Peter's local history programs as well. And yeah, we hope that um, you can come on by, see Robert, see myself um, for, for some of those programs. Uh, talking more about the podcast again, what would you say has been probably some of your hurdles or difficulties running the podcast? Anything that you've run into that maybe you can give us some advice uh, towards? Oh my goodness. So if I was going to um, give any advice, what kind of advice would I give? I'm just trying to think of what kind of challenges I really had doing the podcast. I think a lot of the challenges that I encountered doing this were actually, to be honest with you, kind of personal because I've never been the most conversational type of person. I hope that hasn't carried over too much into the conversations I've had while doing this podcast, but I've always been a kind of matter of fact kind of guy. You know, you ask me a question, I give you an answer and, you know, wham, bam, thank you, man. I thought that's the end of it for me. Um, so I'm really hoping to, uh, I, you know, during the course of the podcast, I really hope that I uh, worked and improved on that and, you know, worked on how I can communicate better with folks. So that's been one of my, my personal challenges, but I, I, I'm gathering that doesn't really help you guys out too much. And there has been other challenges for this. Um, one of them, to one degree for me, is also kind of related to that, and that is um, trying to reach out to people and 
getting those interviews to happen. You know, I've always been kind of a shy person. I don't want to like, you know, go out of my way and bug people too much. So I'll uh, ask someone, hey, do you want to come in for an interview? And uh, they, they'll they say yes. And maybe some time passes and maybe we forget to make some dates. And, you know, I I don't want to belabor the point and bug them over and over again. So that's something I've been working on as well. So I'm um, just, you know, learning how to reach out to people to make the connections to have those interviews happen is something that I've learned to uh learn to work on a bit you know probably one of the more the the more technical aspects of it have always been easier for me just um editing the podcast um putting it online for everyone to enjoy and that's always been a a big part of what i enjoyed about the whole process so you know it's probably you know speaks to my nature that um the social aspect of the podcast is the one that was the more challenging for me um but, you know, somehow I feel, you know, from the energy that I get from these great people right next to me that I, I think they'll have a less, less of a problem with that. So I'm really excited to see what you guys are going to bring moving forward. And if there really is anything that I can do to help out with that process moving forward, please reach out to me and I'll be happy to assist. We'll definitely appreciate that help. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Um, so let's go on like a more personal note of... Um, what kind of podcasts do you listen to in your personal time? Or has there been anything that you've found useful in listening to podcasts that you've brought on to the Brentwood Stories? I love that question. So one of my favorite podcasts, maybe the first podcast that I listened to growing up, was something called Hardcore History by a man called Dan Carlin. And a really amazing podcast about whatever he was interested at the time about talking about. Um, you know, he would always introduce himself in the podcast by saying, I'm not a historian, I'm a fan of history, and this is us geeking out about history. And he would just go on these, what started as 30-minute rants, but eventually his his podcast would expand to three-hour, six-hour stories, which were really incredible, um, about an array of different subjects. So he has some incredible episodes about uh, the Punic Wars, um, about Hannibal crossing over the Alps, um, really uh, great podcast about World War II. One of my favorite episodes has to be uh, Ghosts of the Ostfront. Now I'm just uh, plugging this podcast shamelessly. Um, some other less educational but still very entertaining podcasts that I have come across. Um, I always appreciated um, Penny Arcade's podcasts, um, their Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, other Dungeons & Dragons podcasts as well that I've uh, seen have always been immensely entertaining for me. So. I've drawn some inspiration, you know, from some more serious areas and then from some maybe more fantastical places as well. Yeah, I always love myself a good Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Um, I tend to find myself more on the true crime and horror side of things. Oh, yeah. So I tend to listen to last podcast on the left, which um, pretty good if you want to learn anything about serial killers. We even have uh, one of their books on our shelves, the uh, last book on the left. Um, if you feel like learning a bit about maybe Ed Gein. Vlad, <laughs> last podcast on the left is actually one of the podcasts that me and my fiance love putting on when we're taking long car rides. <laughs> so whenever we go upstate, we'll put on one of their longer form episodes and usually that'll be, you know, some sort of profile about, you know, a famous serial killer and uh, or, you know, they'll also, you know, do their fun things about Bigfoot and alien abductions. Uh, I know most recently they had a four part series on Blackbeard. Ooh, I haven't. 
we're still catching up on the back catalog, honestly. So we're, you know, we're going on for the classics, quote unquote, still. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to see, you know, some of the more recent stuff. We are going to be having a car trip coming up pretty soon. So um, I've been looking in some episodes saved up to, oh. to save for us. So, well, I might be familiar with um, the folks next to me and why they're taking over the podcast, but I'd really like to take an opportunity to let you guys know the folks um, these fine folks and a little bit about them and why they're taking over the podcast for me. Sam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, you know, jumping on to the Brentwood Stories podcast. Really excited to have you on. Um, could you introduce yourselves to the to the fine folks that might be listening? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done in the past. Sure. Um, so my name is Sam. I am brand new to the Brentwood Public Library, uh, but not the town itself. Because I was technically born here. Oh. But I only lived here for a short little while until we moved in with my mom's family. But my dad's family, still very prominent in Brentwood. So I'd be, actually, I'm not even a full librarian yet. I'm still getting my master's degree in library science. Um, but I have been, I guess, pegged to take over the podcast because previously I worked in broadcasting. Um, so I did a lot of TV, I did a lot of radio. I was the operational manager at um, the previous radio station I worked at. Um, so this is all very familiar to me. I get this part of it. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to be able to do something that I've actually always wanted to do. I've always wanted um, to do a podcast that was very similar to Brentwood Stories, where you really do deep dive biographies on people. And it's a little more, well, it, while it's light, it's a little more educational, a little more professional. And it's... Oh, generally the work I've always wanted to do. So I'm really excited to be a part of the team, and I'm so excited that DJ is going to be doing it with me. Absolutely. And as for my background on things, uh, my professional career is 100% libraries. I've been working in the field for 12 years, and I've worked at so many libraries around Suffolk County that I've had a patron actually ask me if I was manufactured in a factory Ooh. because he sees me at so many libraries. Um, but my other background is I work with uh, other artists and musicians doing recordings, and I'm very familiar with the recording background of things. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Um... DJ, Sam, really glad to have you guys on board. Looking forward to what you're going to bring to the podcast. Um, yeah, and thank I, you for all of your time hosting. Um, do you have any farewell messages for our listeners? Folks, it's been really fun having you on, listening uh, listening to me, listening to my my colleague Peter and to my other colleague Celia and everyone we've had onto the podcast. Uh Hopefully you don't think of this as an end and instead as a new beginning. And I, for one, am very excited to see where the Brown Stories podcast is going to be taken from here on out. I hope I've done a good job of taking care of this podcast and giving Brentwood history the respect that it duly deserves. And I'm really excited to see what's going to be going on moving forward with the podcast and seeing um, the great new ideas that DJ and Sam are going to be bringing to it. And I hope you all enjoy it as well. So again, thank you to all of you that have been listening. Thank you to the Brentwood Historical Society. So um, thank you to Peter Ward. Thank you to uh, Celia Vommer for joining me on some of those podcasts. And good luck to everyone moving forward and come visit me at the library.
Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Peter, for coming back and recording one final episode with us. Hopefully won't even be the final. Maybe we'll have you on again in the future. I'm here if you need me. Yep. And um, yeah, for the listeners, uh, we're going to be releasing new episodes every month. We're going to try and have one set date for it that we'll be announcing in the future. (laughs) And um, we'll see you around with our uh, upcoming guests. Thank you all for listening and take care. Are you interested in being interviewed on Brentwood Stories? Email adultprograms at brentwoodnylibrary.org for a chance to be featured on the podcast. That's adultprograms at brentwoodnylibrary.org.